I'm Scott Miller, and I'd like to welcome you to episode 3 of Talking Tech. Talking Tech is a show I started because I wanted to present what drives individuals in the technology field and showcase it to others. After 20 years on technology, I've witnessed the ever-changing landscape of technology and the pressure that comes with it. I've also seen that while technology is always change and evolve, there are pressures that push against the change. It takes an amazing talent pool of people to keep moving technology forward, and I wanted a forum to showcase the individuals, so I created Talking Tech. A show where I interview people in the field of technology and discuss what inspired our guests to enter the field, what's kept them in it, and what they are looking forward to in the future. Like most shows, this one wouldn't be possible without a sponsor. I'm really fortunate to have an amazing sponsor by the name of Freedom Tech. Freedom Tech is an IT solutions provider based in Johnson, Rhode Island, that serves the Northeast and has been in business since 2001. The mission is to comprehensively handle all IT needs to alleviate the stress of technology. Freedom Tech understands that organizations like yours depend on fast, reliable, and secure access to an ever-changing and ever-increasing amount of data to effectively serve the public. They also recognize that proactive, streamlined IT support and ironclad cybersecurity protection are essential. Organizations like yours need cost-effective ways to leverage these services. Freedom Tech helps keep technologies operational and secure, execute key IT projects and initiatives, and map out long-term technology plans. To learn more, visit www.ftsupport.com. Now to the show. I'm Scott Miller. I'd like to welcome you to this episode of Talking Tech. Our guest on today's episode is Rick Smith. Rick, believe it or not, we've known each other for about 20 years, so I want to thank you for being on the show. Uh, Pleasure's mine, Scott. Why don't you tell us a little about yourself and your company? Well, let's see. Uh, Crancom Inc. is a technology company or a firm that uh, started all the way back in 1996 under the name of Mainframe Communications that we started, specifically to our target business telephone systems and things and the like, then evolving into everything from uh, data services, you know, everything that goes with that, a 100% voice over IP organization today. And Crancom was, became the successor corporation of that in around 2006. So we've been around for 23 to 25 years now. And how would you say Crancom uh, differentiates from other companies of the same? Well, that's an interesting thing. One of the things that Crancom had definitely done differently would, when we started at Mainframe is we had a very specific targeted footprint. Uh, when we entered the space, we were really a real estate driven type of organization that's focused on property management mostly. Um, then it obviously had a expansion into a number of different areas, one of them being medical. Uh, at one point, we had all the Boston Partners Health Association, of course, and uh, a number of other different facilities. Um, that morphed itself into a national accounts program where we ultimately became the actual national accounts groups for major manufacturers in the space and things alike. So it was a long, interesting ride. Uh, but as Crancom, we contracted back to just New England, focusing on what we do best. And now we're expanding again. You know, as I've relocated down in Florida, um, this happens to be a perfect place from the medical side is to one of the biggest stovepipe apps that we currently uh, support more for HIPAA compliance than anything else. So I have to say, one of the things I've always admired about you is your passion for technology and adopting new technology and really starting to deliver it out there. How did you get started in the realm? Um, that's a funny question. Let me tell you. I was, uh, believe it or not, sitting around an apartment back in the, the mid-90s. Uh, it was actually the early 90s, and uh, one of my best friends at that time, God, I don't know, 
20 years, I think. Now we're pushing the heck out of 40. Said, hey, how would you like to run some cable through some ceilings for 100 bucks a day? Well, I was unemployed, Scott. So, you know, it lasted about, my unemployment lasted all of about six hours. I said, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, I started this huge project for their organization. And uh, as a field technician, learning my way through the color codes and all the things that were very prevalent back in their days, you know, the 568B and data, obviously. But, um, and then uh, it just dawned on me after my shift was done and we were doing all the infrastructure work, all the grunt stuff that you're, you're familiar with, we uh, noticed that a bunch of guys were coming in to start programming, you know, these big, huge telephone systems, switches, and, and I just couldn't say no. I had to say, hey, do you mind if I hang around? Just uh, pick up a few things. It'd be awfully interesting. And I really fell in love with it at that point. You know, the guys were just like, hey, you know, come on in. We'll show you the ropes. And then I was just learning things that I just couldn't even, I couldn't get enough. I just fell in love with it right then and there. And then the love affair, at least that time with the telephone, you know, continued on for many, many years. That's true. Very true. I, I pulled enough cable myself. And man, do I try to avoid that these days. Uh, <laughs> so. It, it is a tough job. I give everyone credit that pulls cable. Mm -hmm. You've had so many opportunities over the years to venture out into different sectors of business. What keeps drawing you back and pulling you back into the IT field or technology field? Well, it's because technology changes so fast. You know, that's the thing. You know, one of the funniest things, you know, I was just recently asked by a lovely lady that I'm about to marry. Uh, you know, what is it that uh, you're most afraid of when you die? And my answer was really kind of simple. It was, what am I going to miss? You know, technology evolves so quickly that it doesn't really make much of a difference. I mean, when I say this, you know, having experience is a very, very big deal. I know you know that because you've been in the industry as long as I have. But for somebody that's coming in, they have just as many advantages because let me tell you, the technology changes so quickly that those guys coming in are typically sharper than us, you know, when we're actually going at it and doing things because they're just freshly educated in whatever it might be. When I got started, Scott, it was learning, and you really needed to be a phone guy back then. I mean, you had to learn using mnemonic programming, bit weights, map panels. I mean, some really, really complicated stuff. You know, it's a little bit easier today. It's been done down a little bit. But now, you know, with the convergence factor of everything data, as you know, the space has just opened up the world to, you know, so many different types of technologies that we can integrate that I can never get bored long enough to ever stop learning. That's the truth. That's what keeps me in it. Excellent. So you mentioned new people coming into the field. What advice would you give someone just starting out in the industry? Oh, wow. Let's see. That would be kind of interesting. I'll probably tip this one back to my, you know, current business partner when we actually got together way back 100 years ago now, it seems like. He would sit here and he would say, look, all I want is to ask one question in an interview. And that interview was very simple. He would say, what separates you from being a good technician versus a great technician? And you wouldn't believe how many people are searching for that answer, you know, the right answer to the question. The interview is five minutes long. He would ask it. No <laughs> one could ever get it right, right? Yep. And then he would just slowly say, well, listen, we've got plenty of people 
who want to be good technicians. See, a good technician can take a manual, open it up, and make a system do everything it's designed to do. But a great technician, the only type of technicians we're interested in hiring here, can do all of that and then make it do stuff it's not even designed to do. And that's what I would probably sit here and tell the newbie coming in. Never stop. You know, the learning curve is steep. It is, let's face it, the experience will come. But if you can get on the job training, take it every single time. Because the stuff that you're learning in class, it just doesn't apply to the real world, at least from a couple of different spots. And that is how it integrates, how a customer needs to use it, and things of the like. It just doesn't translate to the real world until you've got your hands in it you're dealing with the general public every day and you're trying to make that go and be the best possible solution it can be. And always remember the last and final point, the best installation of any type, voice data or otherwise, is the one that's the most end user friendly. Okay, that's, that's it, first and foremost. If your customer fears the technology, they won't use it, that, that becomes unaffected, then they'll actually hate it, and that's what you want to avoid. You don't want anybody to hate it. You want them to think you know, they could never live without it because it's a productivity tool after all. 100% agree. They have to use it. Otherwise, it's just a useless piece of code. Yeah. So what do you consider to be the biggest challenge bridging the gap between technology and the overall business for most companies? To bridge the gap? Oh, boy, let me think. Whew, I, I wouldn't even know where to start with that, Scott. That, that question is so open-ended. I mean, uh, when you're trying to bridge anything, it's it's really just trying to get people into what, what I used to say was the 21st century. You know, I mean, there are so many stovepipe applications, and I know you know this better than anybody having been in the medical field, that people have put so much money into that they're just not ready to discard. So you really need the experience on what was the old TDM stuff to some degree, but the future obviously being 100% voice over IP and complete data integration. So, you know, as an example with CranCom, one of the things we immediately got back into at that time, and this is all the way back in 2000 now, was the HIPAA compliance issues that you face in the medical industry back in the day and the magic bullet being voice over IP. So, you know, you talk about bridging a gap, here we are taking a TDM piece of equipment that they had hundreds of thousands of dollars invested in and then just adding a layer to it so that it can now communicate across all other platforms that were never designed to integrate with. That was the best way we started from a bridging perspective, and that led us to you know the type of accounts, the prestigious ones that we have today, you know, on a national level that you know took us to where we wanted to go and provided us our own sustainability as a company. Great. So true. SIP has changed the whole the realm and, and most people don't even realize and you've been talking better than I how SIP is now your true backbone it doesn't matter if you have landlines it all just converts over and it's there and it's everywhere now we, we actually took it to another level I mean I think we were one of the first companies that ever introduced or at least went to major carrier and said we wanted an unlimited call path SIP from you know the the standard back in those days were let's sell it by individual trunk so that it was still line generated and what have you. We said no, we want none of that. We want it to be bandwidth based only. You know, like a just simple fifty meg circuit. I could pump in hundreds of calls without ever getting a busy signal. Needless to say, so you know, unlimited call pads and trunk was our answer as an example to some of the things you're thinking. Great. 
Yeah. So what technology do you feel has truly disrupted the field of tech in the last 10 years? Well, convergence, you know, the, the biggest interruption or the biggest is cellular period. I mean, if you're talking about the phone industry, everything that was ever related to the phone, and it broke my heart, believe me when I tell you, because I had a love affair with the telephone. <laughs> Any time that you can have a personal communicating device that can do everything from taking a picture to surfing the internet to making a phone call to you name it, playing games on it, streaming, watching stuff, that's easily the biggest disruption from a technology standpoint as to what we did. That said, we didn't even enter the cellular field, but what we learned to do is integrate the cell phone into everything that we did. So ultimately, we it just became another port on our system. We would use it for cellular backup, of course. We would have failovers from the cloud. If we were working on something that was just individual IP tele telephony that you know connected to a hosted platform somewhere else, you know, anytime they went down, they would auto fail over and things alike. You know, we, we capitalized on Bluetooth, Zoom, like we're currently on as an example, you know, saying Nomar, there's so many different applications and video. And it allowed us to phase out conference call companies, the bills that are associated with that, video teleconferencing, no much different than you and I are doing today, all at basically no cost. The other major disruption, obviously, even prior to that, was voicemail. You know, that was eliminating receptionists everywhere. We were able to consolidate, you know, companies so that they were all one, no matter where they were headquartered and located. They always looked bigger to the outside world, maybe, if that was the intent. Um, but at the same time, it kept the world communicating, you know, and connected because obviously we were able to dial out of that. We were able to do a conference call as a private transfer to connect somebody to a live person via cell, even prior to the way it integrates today. True, very true. So looking forward to the next five years, what's the next big tech disruptor? Without a doubt, artificial intelligence. Anybody who's not on the AI cutting edge today is gonna be left in the dust. Artificial intelligence is where it's at. Machine-based learning, even at that level, you know, when we're talking about, let's take a pharmaceutical firm as an example. We're you know, running a major production of uh, medications. If they were actually down for whatever reason, that just completely destroys their bottom line. It, it messes up everything that they've got planned for that week, what they had to do, how they were gonna make deliveries on time, and things like. Whereas artificial intelligence today prevents that from happening. It, it's actually on the front end of actually saying, hey, you're about to have a problem. You need to address it prior to it actually happening than otherwise. But artificial intelligence, there's no end to what it's gonna be able to do. So, I mean, think about how it works. It takes the smartest person in any room, Scott, and it says, okay, that's where my starting point is. You know, mm -hmm. so when I tell you that you know, AI is based on that, and then it just continues to learn from there. It just gets smarter and smarter and smarter. In my humble opinion, you'll see the world's first trillion income from that, unless Jeff Bezos beats everybody to it. <laughs> Earl May, either Alexa or Google. There you go. So how does CranCom sit right in the center of the AI? Well, it's interesting. We're, you know, as my job description, or at least title, that uh, was just recently given me, you know, being a strategic partnership guy, you know, vice president in charge of business development and strategic partnerships, that's where 
the next version of our organization lies. You know, we're, I mean, I'm a little unable to tell you what we're about to go do because I'm still under an NDA, but I can tell you it's going to be in the world of security and, and it's going to be in such a way that it's going to be as disruptive as anything I'd ever seen. And I'll, and I'll give you a, you know, a little touch on it. Um, you know, what I can say, you know, everything that's been regarding security today has always been some form of what was stuff. I know you know all this. I mean, you've been in the space forever. And for those who are watching and don't really realize what Enigma was, that was, you know, what was the Nazi encoding during World War II and the Enigma machine. You know, and it was almost infallible, but of course, like any other machine, it can be beaten. And uh, every other form of encryption today has been some basic form of that. Well, this particular security is entirely different. This is seven different layers of technology with interlocking features that starts with GPS and then can track you by not only just depositing a token or at least immediately determine where you're actually coming in from, what where your vulnerabilities are at. And I can't get into too much detail, but I'm telling you, this is gonna be something that even I know that the federal government likes to listen and look in on from a grant perspective that's gonna change, in my humble opinion, the industry. So we're on that, you know, uh, another area is ad optimization. You and I had talked about that in the past. You know, we uh, really try to, you know, make people more money, helping their bottom line for anybody with those ad insertions online and things of the like. You know, and that plays in the commercial space really well in other endeavors that you and I have been involved in in the past. So I know you, you know where I'm going there, so. Great. There's a lot of stuff out there just to be had for people that are eager to get into it. So it's really fascinating that you guys are delving into that. So congratulations on that. Thank you. So before we end the show, I'm going to let you roll a little red carpet for CanCom. Why don't you tell everyone a little about your company and do a little pitch so we can get everyone into your website. Well, I'll tell you what, CranCom can be found first and foremost at www.crancominc.com. And uh, it, we're just about ready to put up a new site, in fact, Scott, and that's shortly coming. You know, as I said earlier, it's a successor company to a major corporation that I built. Um, when I started in the industry and, and then drove it nationally, we had some of the biggest clients in the world. And when I say that to you, we had everybody from the general nutrition centers everywhere in the country to servicing every Best Buy in the country. Uh, we had General Motors, Acceptance Corporation nationally. We had a number of really prestigious large clients. However, as that contracted, and as you know, in the data space, anything a thousand computers and above, you know, that's something that you've got a space for and anything a hundred computers maybe and less you got a space for, but that in between stuff, they get their own ad hoc team, you know, they're handling things. So <laughs> when that part of the business moved on and started to separate itself from what we were currently supporting, we in turn also contracted with it. The manufacturers that we represented were in the telephony space throughout that time. You know, those guys ate their young and they moved on. And uh, we've continued to evolve. Um, so, you know, from a CranCon perspective, just as a plug, let me tell you, I, I, I'm so excited when I get up every day because I can't even believe who it is that the next person is I'm going to meet or speak to. You know, it's, it's always somebody that's doing something that is revolutionary, something new, some type of strategic partnership, some place that we can play, 
you know, be a little bit part, part of it in some small fashion. And that always emerges to be something even bigger. So yeah, that, I would plug Crancom, you know, obviously 20 something years. I mean, mm -hmm. that's, that's saying something. And let me tell you, the experience of the guys that I've worked with, that they're some of the first guys that ever walked in the door the first day and they're still there. You know, our director of engineering is a guy named Manny Santos, who I know you know personally. We'd probably put him up against anybody, at least east of the Mississippi, right? So, yep. you know, I, across the country. And, and our, our other partners are just fantastic, you know. So, prank on me. you got to come check us out. <laughs> Rick, I want to thank you for being a part of the show, and congratulations for you and your fiance. You've got to let me know when it happens. And to learn more about Crancom, visit their website at www.crancominc.com. Thank you. Thank you again, Scott. And you'll get an invite to the wedding. Oh, perfect.